I want you to notice the key verse of the book of Philippians, chapter 1, verse number 6. Read it with me out loud. Ready? Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Now, it's based on that verse that we have the theme, God's good work in you. That he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Now, let me show you the wonderful specifics of what he's talking about there. Turn, if you will, with me to Acts chapter 16. And we will look at some of the people very quickly to whom and about whom Paul wrote, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 16. And look at verse number 12. This is Paul's second missionary journey. Paul took three missionary journeys, taking the gospel to various city cities, winning people to Christ, starting new churches, and then in the second and third missionary journeys, as he continued to do that, he also went back to those first cities and first churches to see how they were doing and to help them forward. And meanwhile, these churches were starting other churches. And so let's look at chapter 16, verse 12. And from thence to Philippi. Well, that's the city that this letter is being written to, the, the, the Christians in that city, the church in that city. From thence to Philippi, which is the chief city of that part of Macedonia and a colony. And we were in that city abiding certain days. Now, look at the first person that the Bible tells us that Paul brought to the Savior. And on the Sabbath day, we went out of the city by a riverside where prayer was wont to be made. Want means that it happened that way regularly. So oh, we might say where prayer was often made or where prayer was regularly made. Where prayer was wont to be made. And we sat down and spake unto the women which resorted thither. So there's a, there's a ladies' prayer meeting at the riverside held regularly. So Paul goes there and starts to share the gospel with the ladies gathered there. Verse 14, And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple, of the city of Thyatira, which worshipped God, heard us whose heart the Lord opened that she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul. This, by the way, is a great example of something that it's, it's a, a uh, principle that we follow, and it's from the lips of Pastor Clark, and that is we are always looking for the person who's looking for God. Paul goes and he speaks to a group of women, but he's not necessarily hoping that all those women come to Christ. He is looking for the one person among them who's searching for the Lord. And so, that, that doesn't mean that if you get two or three, you, you cast the others off and say she was first. No, it just means you're, not, you're, you're focused. Who is that person that the Lord is speaking to here? And so, he... Uh, he said that the, whose heart the Lord opened that she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul. And when she was baptized and her household, 
She besought us, saying, If ye have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there. And she constrained us, which means she pleaded with them. She begged Paul and Silas to stay at her house. So when Paul says that being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ, he's talking to Lydia and her family. It goes on to tell us about a young woman, and we won't read this whole thing, but it says, verse 16, It came to pass as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination. So that's another word for two things. First of all, it's another word for being demon-possessed. And number two, it's another term for a psychic. And you can do the math the rest of the way on that. But anyway, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. So she was telling people their futures future with the help of unclean spirits and she would charge people for it and she would give that money to the men who were in control of her so that's what the bible's saying and uh, the same verse 17 followed paul and us and cried saying now get this wherever paul and silas went this woman this possessed psychic was walking behind them yelling Verse 17, these men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. You say, why would unclean spirits do that? Well, you look at what they do throughout the Bible, they can't help but do that. When an unclean spirit comes in the presence of the Son of God, they bow down before him. They worship him. And so they could not help, these unclean spirits which possess this young lady, could not help but follow Paul around. Now you say, well, that must have been a good thing. No, it was a distraction. Because Paul's trying to preach the gospel and you have this woman constantly yelling whenever they tried to talk to people. And so, verse 18, this she did many days. Well, how many days is many? It's got to be at least three, but it could be as many as 10 or 20. Many is a a pretty significant word. This she did many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And she came out the same hour. When her master saw that the hope of her gains were gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace under the rulers. Okay, so... When Paul says, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ, he is no doubt addressing this woman who right here had the demon cast out of her and came to knowledge of Jesus Christ. But then, we're not going to read this passage at all because this is the one you're most familiar with. When she got saved, <laughs> she couldn't read, read people's futures anymore or tell their futures anymore. And so she wasn't making any more money. And so the men that were making money off of her decided to accuse Paul and Silas, and they brought them in to be arrested. And so they bring them into, to, uh, and they're arrested, they're cast into jail. And this is where, if you, you know the story, if you haven't figured it out so far, this is where Paul and Silas are in jail. And when midnight came, they were, then there were, other, there were other prisoners in there. When midnight came, they were praying and singing praises to God. And suddenly there was an earthquake, and everybody's chains fell off. 
And the jailer who lived right next door with his family came bursting in and uh, knows immediately that if everybody's chains have fallen off and the walls are busted down, somebody has escaped. And in, in that environment, when somebody escaped, the jailer was put to death. He plunges in and Paul says, don't worry, we're all here. Wow. And so the jailer falls down before Paul and says, what must I do to be saved? And that's where Paul says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in thine house. Which does not mean if you get saved, everyone in your house is saved also. It means this will work for you and it will work for your family also. This is Paul hinting, hey, let me come home with you and I'll get your whole family saved. And so he brings them home to his house. And, of course, Paul and Silas had been whipped before they were thrown into jail. And so they clean up his, his wounds and Paul gives them all the gospel. They give them a, a, a feed them and... Uh, they, the family, feeds Paul. All right, you get my they's and them's mixed up there. So the jailer's family takes care of Paul and Silas, feed them. And then Paul leads them all to Christ, and they're all baptized. And this is one of the families that Paul is speaking to when he says, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Christ. Now, why was Paul saying this? One reason that Paul is making this statement is that this is one of the last epistles that Paul wrote. See, the epistles are not found in the Bible in the order that they were written. The None of the books of the Bible, for the most part, are found in the order that they are written. For example, it is believed that the book of Job was the first book of the Bible to be penned. And where is that? That's in the middle of the Old Testament. They're not arranged according to the order that they were written. They are arranged for very other things, various other things I'm not going to uh, get into right now. But this is, is actually one of the last. Some believe it's the last of Paul's epistles to be written. So Paul is looking at death. Paul is telling the people of the church of Philippi, you're not going to see me again. But the same God that began working in you back on our second missionary journey, he's going to carry you all the way, even when I'm gone. So the theme of this book, God's good work in you. And the concept is, you're going to be what you're going to be. You're going to be what you're supposed to be because God is working in you. You see that throughout the book. God is working in you. Listen, Christian, God is working in you. That's the most important thing you've got going on in your life, that God is working in you. You say, what is he doing? He is conforming you to the image of Jesus Christ, Romans chapter 8. That is God's great purpose. That is why he saved you. That is what he is doing in your life. That is what he's doing in the church. That is what he is doing in this world. He is taking a group of people who have put their faith in Jesus Christ and making them more like Jesus for his glory. So Paul says, God is working in you. So let's look at this, each of these chapters. This Each book we've looked at so far We've had an, an overview or a simple outline of the book. This book has four chapters and really does not lend itself to an overview. So, But all you got to do is remember the four chapter titles. Let's look at what's going on here. First of all, Philippians chapter 1, a loving shepherd. 
Paul talks about his relationship with these people in this church. And along the lines of God's good work in you. The point here is that for God to do a good work in you, he often uses a loving shepherd. Very few people are moved towards God without somebody being used of God to impact them. Now, we associate the word shepherd with the pastor, and of course the word pastor means shepherd, and that, that, that's, that's great, but there may be some other shepherd in your life, maybe a Sunday school teacher, maybe a parent, maybe a friend. It doesn't necessarily mean the pastor. But I would dare say that if we took the time to go around the room and hear your testimony of salvation, at some point we will hear the story of a loving shepherd. And Philippians chapter 1 is Paul, and he doesn't pat himself on the back and say, I'm your loving shepherd, but he is clearly describing his role in the lives of the people in Philippi. And we just read his role in the lives of many of the people of Philippi in Acts chapter 16. Look at verse 8. This is the key verse of chapter 1. For God is my record, how greatly I long after you in the bowels of Jesus Christ. Now, that is a phrase or a term, the bowels, that is, was used like we use the word with all my heart. And so it sounds unusual to us, but for them it was a very common phrase. That, that we, instead of saying, with all my heart, I long after you all in the bowels, as in the, 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 the stomach, the vital organs of Jesus Christ. So Paul is declaring his great affection for these people. And if you think back and if you examine the other epistles, you'll see he didn't always do this. Clearly, the people in Philippi hold a place in Paul's heart very different than any other church. I'm not saying he loved these people more, but he clearly has an open affection for them that he does not have for people of other churches. So the loving shepherd. And so for God to do his good work in you, he will often use a loving shepherd, someone to guide you, someone to mentor you, someone to disciple you. And the, the opposite of that is true, that there's people that God wants you to be a loving shepherd to, people that he wants you to mentor, people that he wants you to lead and encourage. All right, Philippians chapter 2, a working salvation. And here we see again the concept of God's good work in you. The, the key verses, verses 12 and 13. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. I once had a Catholic person trying to try to persuade me, and they didn't know anything else about the Bible, but they had clearly been taught this verse, and to use it to say, see there, we are saved by our works but they didn't read verse 13. For it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So the concept is God works in you, you took, take what he did in you, and you put it to work. That's what's going on here. So we have a working salvation, not salvation by works, but a salvation where God works in you by grace, through faith, and you take what he does in you, Remember we said last week, the end of that by grace through faith passage is we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus 
unto good works. This is the same concept being stated in different words. It is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So God works in you, and it's up to you and up to me to take that work that he does in us and put to work. Let me ask you, Christian, first of all, are you allowing God to work in you every day? So how do you do that? By connecting with him with the connections that he has provided, the cross of Jesus Christ. You need to visit the cross every day. The Holy Spirit who lives inside of you, you need to acknowledge and yield to the Holy Spirit all day long every day. The Word of God, the throne of God, the church of God, the people of God. These are the connections that God has given us. If we don't connect with these things that God has provided, he will not work in us. And if he's not working in us, we cannot take those things and put them to work. So, a working salvation. Chapter number three, a passionate heart. God's good work in you is a result of a loving shepherd in your life. And he wants you to be a loving shepherd to others. In chapter 1, we see that. Chapter 2, God's good work in you is it, it brings to pass a working salvation. He saves you, but then he expects you to grow by putting what he does in you to work. And then we see a God's good work in you is associated with a passionate heart. Look at chapter 3, verse 8. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung that I may win Christ. Now that's one verse in a, in a lengthy passage here where we see Paul's passion for Jesus Christ. Paul's passion. For his Savior. One of the drums that I beat here regularly is, do you have a passion for God? Do you have a passion for God? Paul is showing us in chapter 3 that God's good work in you creates a passionate, a heart that is passionate for God and a heart that is passionate for God keeps pursuing him and growing and becoming more like Jesus Christ. Then chapter 4, probably the most famous passages of this book are found in Philippians chapter 4. But chapter 4 tells us about a victorious life. Look at verse number 9. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. And the God of peace shall be with you. I don't know of a better way to summarize the victorious life than the God of peace is with you. If the God of peace is with you and you know he's with you, you're living in victory, friend. The God of peace shall be with you. What if you're doing those things which you've learned and received and heard and seen in me? So when God does his great work in you and you put those things to work, it's going to bring you to the place of victory where nothing rattles you where nothing gets you out of sorts, where nothing makes you think you are defeated because you know you're not defeated, a victorious life. And so much of what goes on in chapter number four describes that victorious life where God has worked in you, you have put it to work, and you know the peace 
that passeth all understanding. And the peace of God, the God of peace, is with you. Chapter 4, A Victorious Life. That's the book of Philippians. I could not possibly quote it to you, but while I was in Christian school, one of the projects that we tackled was to memorize this entire book. Again, I have not maintained it, so I could not quote it for you start to finish, but there are many verses in this book that are still in my mind so that I can quickly quote them uh, when, when they come to mind. It's in that category of verses that I know that I don't know I know. You know what I mean? And you have those two in your, in your brain. But I urge you to take a look at Philippians this week with those things in mind, knowing the people that he wrote them to. Now, God had a wonderful way of taking what, what people wrote in the Bible to other people and giving them to us. And, of course, we know that the personal things that he says are not instructions to us, like he says in Romans, you know, salute Rufus. You don't have to find a Rufus and salute him. That was not written to be instructive to you. But everything else that we see in here that is to New Testament Christians is for you. It's for me, and it's to you, and it's to me. God's good work in you. Would you let God work in your heart this week? Would you, on purpose this week, listen, I know the temptation because I am human. And I know the temptation of Satan causing you on any given day to think, well, I don't need this so much today. Well, you know, I, I got stuff to do. I got things I've got to get to, and I'll, I'll get with God later. But it is so vital that we let God do his work in us every single day.